Welcome to the Comedy on Edge podcast. I'm your host, Mark Williamson. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. If you listen to us on iTunes, give us a star rating and a review. Really helps the show. If you're not listening to us on iTunes, that's cool. Spread the love. Tweet about us. Facebook about us. Uh, for more information, check out ComedyOnEdge.com or follow us on Twitter at ComedyOnEdge. All right, time for the show. Let's hit the music. <laughs> Welcome everybody to Comedy on Edge, the podcast. We are in Edge HQ. I'm your host, Mark Williamson. And joining me today is our favourite intern, Lester Diamond. How are you, buddy? I'm well, mate. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. And on the te- in the techies chair and also the guest chair, I guess, Mr. Special Comments, Ryan Crawford. Hello, Mark. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing- and yourself, you've just... You were in the... Last night was the opening night of your Sydney Fringe Festival, which did it... Did it sell out? It sold out. It sold out twice, believe wow. it or not. It's, uh, yeah, no, they gave us like, initially they gave us like a, a seat allocation. We sold that out. So they released more seats. We sold that out. So yeah, we're pretty happy. Wow. Sold out twice. Is it Benji Madden? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there you go. So, and, and closing nights tonight, you got the second run. How are tickets looking then? Yeah, good. I think the long weekend's, uh, you know, playing it down a bit, but we're over halfway there, and I think we'll probably fill it out before the night's through. So what you're saying is as a scalper, I really picked the wrong nights to buy up excess tickets on Saturday. I should have bought the Friday. Damn, no, no. It's the best night to buy. They'll be in high demand. You should buy like 30 tickets right now. Well, I've bought 10, man. I was hoping to scalp them. I'm like, hey, come see the show. It sold out last night. Yeah. So I may take a bit of a loss. I don't know how you're finding it, the, the festival. This is your debut? It is, it is. Uh, it's, you know... First time I actually done, believe it or not, more than five minutes on stage. Wow! Um, so that's a that was a you know bit of a stretch, but uh, but you know went really well. Time flew by and people were laughing, so that's a good sign. Well, that, that is always a good sign. And Lester, your festival runs over. How many? You had a f- four or five guest shows in the up and coming showcase. Did five shows in the short and sharp. Um, big shout out to Century Venues and Nikki Johnson. Thanks very much. Well done. Did, well done. Did my entire catalogue of material four and a half minutes. <laughs> you had four and a half minutes. And I like the room you're in because I emceed one of the short and sharp. Unfortunately, not one of the nights you were on. It's a pretty cool room because you had like a saw bunker as the backstage room. It was very, it was very the movie saw the back room. Yeah. You would have felt like you would have felt at home there. Really. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're just sitting there in the corner. <laughs> uh, they said Leslie was just sitting there cross legged, rocking the whole time. Was, did you sort of ask Century if you can rent that backstage room house? You know, just just to get to find yourself. I didn't ask. I told them. Yeah. You told them. I'm taking it. I like that you could actually padlock because that was like when I did it. I was because you had to come out and come on stage and. I go, this is great. All the comics are backstage. And if you notice, if anyone's got a padlock, we can lock them in there. It was, it was quite cool. Well, what about yourself, Ron? You had the back, you had a dressing room for yours too? Yeah, well, the, the room we had was, uh, it's called the factory bar there in the factory theatre. So it's uh, it's where the bar is upstairs. Cool. And which is like the, the back end of the main theatre when that's yeah. fully open. So our backstage was actually the rest of that floor. It was like, you could do cartwheels. It was like amazing. So much room. We could, we could pace and, you know. And, and get nervy in, 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 you know, with lots of space. Well, that is always good. Like, comics, we do a lot of gigs in pubs, and they don't normally have green rooms. Some, like, Wollongong Comedy, the Craig House, that has an awesome green room. That's pretty fun. But you don't, in the general... So it is a novelty when you get the whole dressing room and the... I've been calling it the Crack House for, like, 12 years, so it's the Crake House, isn't Craig, it? Crake, yeah, Crake, okay, Crake, yeah. <laughs> Crack House. Crack House. Well, I thought it was, like, Jamo and Crack. Well, that's the Crake as well. Crake, it's a good Crake. 
Oh, is it really? Yeah. If, if, where's it? We lost our resident Irishman, Dave. He could have he could have fixed it. Ah, no, it's not Craig. There's no such thing as Craig. No one has fun in Ireland. Twiddly D. Hey, Dave, if you're listening. Toy, 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 toy. <laughs> I expect yeah. to get an email from Dave. Yeah. Ah, you know, I, don't worry. It wasn't funny, but where are your levels? Your levels are all wrong. Your levels, your levels. Yeah, uh, right. We miss your producer, Dave. Incidentally, if there's anyone out there who wants to produce a podcast, send us an email, info at comedyonedge.com. We can reward you with so many lollies and... And an amazing green room we have here. We at, do at, actually at, at Podcast Central. But absolutely, plenty of lollies, not so many lols, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. So if you want, if you're out there, someone who wants to get into the world of producing, send us a message. And the other thing, did you we did you get a rider for this festival? A rider? No. <laughs> yeah, no. It's uh, yeah, hitting the heady heights when you get a rider. I think. Um, although I did, um, I have to say, I, I did have a little prima donna moment in the backstage. If oh, that's really? what you, if that's what you're asking me, oh. I. Uh, I was like, it was like about five minutes before the show was going to start, and they were like, "Don't worry, there'll be water." Um, and I was starting to get, you know, a bit, a bit of dry mouth. <laughs> I was like, "Where the fuck's my water?" You know. So uh, eventually it came though, so it was all, all good. We got we got well taken care of. He's fine. actually billed as Riri Crawford, not Ryan. Riri. <laughs> Riri. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What did that, one of the other comics um, just punch you in the face a couple of times? <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. But, uh, you know, you know, it's just the little things that you got to get to worry about when you're kind of nervy about a show. So. Oh, yeah. Well, water is the one thing that, like, I almost, I always take, I always have just a bottle in my bag just in case. Because, yeah. yeah, like, water is, and I don't know it may sound stupid, but... The minute before you go on stage, you can just back it in. Your throat will get dry all of a sudden. Yeah, you could have yeah. drunk liters all day and you just need that. You know, I actually think half of my... like, Because I actually did get a bit of dry mouth while I was performing. Mm. And I think half of that was psychosomatic because of your advice to me. <laughs> make, <laughs> make sure you take water on stage, you said. And of course, there's, we, we hadn't like put much thought into what was on the stage other than a mic and, and, uh, you know, well, and a mic stand. So there's no stool or anything to put anything on or anything like that. Um, I was like, oh, whatever, you know. It'd be so fine. you didn't take the water. I on? I didn't take the water on, and like five minutes in, felt felt the mouth starting to get dry. You know, did the whole. That's terrifying. Yeah, I know, and I I, I swear to God, it would not have happened had Ma- had Mark not said, to <laughs> "You must make sure that you take water out." The reason I give you this advice, and there's two instances. I there used to, there was this company, and that nothing ever happened. That it was before, when the internet first started. They had this great idea of filming comic sets putting it online, getting hits and getting sponsorship money. Um, so they filmed it and it was, I think you got $200 and if they filmed it at the Roxbury and I got asked to, to showcase it and it was my first ever and I was really excited, you know, they give you an email, what not to wear and all that and I was really pumped, I was really amped for this gig and I get on stage, I do my opening joke, it goes really well, I do my second joke, it goes really well and I'm like, this is great and then all of a sudden I, st- I couldn't talk because I'd gotten so worked up and dry and like, ah. And I had no water on stage. So in the end, I had to, I went into the crowd and grabbed, this guy had a drink in his, and I was just like, he, he thought, everyone's laughing because I thought this was part of the act. I reached, I grabbed that drink out and just sculled it down. And just, and in the end, everyone's like, oh, that was, that was great. That was great. And I go, no, I just couldn't talk. And so like, they, thankfully they edited it, but yeah, it was, that's why I did it. So the dude who had his drink taken off him didn't think it was part of the show. Or he wasn't happy. <laughs> like, and, and I did the right thing. Like in the break, I went out and said, oh man, I'll buy you. Like it was only a solo. I gave, I bought him the solo and he was like, oh, so, whatever it was. And so he got his drink, but he just wasn't happy. And it was like, well... You would. I seriously couldn't talk. But it yeah. works both ways. I mean, you have too much to drink, and the whole time you want to piss, and it's just like, oh my god! Yeah, right. It's like takes you out of your rhythm. And that is yeah. true. That is true. Although apparently, according to QI, which of course is the you know 
the yeah. the suppository of what all is wisdom. It? It's um, <laughs> they had this they had this question on QI once was about this was uh, the, the the time that you make the best decisions is when you're busting for a wee. Apparently, is that right? Yeah, really? yeah, that's what they say. I mean, scientifically, must be true because it was on QI. So. But that's the yeah, but I, I think, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, I think your decision would be: I really need to go to the loo. Do I pee in the street or do I go to a bathroom? You go to the bathroom. That's a better decision. Better decision. Well, yes. I mean, what decision? See, this is something I want to test out now. I want to. Yeah, that's right. Well, you want to you want to like drink two liters like an hour before a show and just see how you go. See so well, if you can think on your feet a bit better and well, and that, work it, the it does sound like like because I've got and de- friend of show Daniel Towns. He has this theory that he gigs better when he's sick, like. For some and no, it's and I've had it like this. I had a few times when I've just been feeling really well, and you, it's sort of that. It's that whole thing about it's like people who sort of say when they drive better when they're stoned because they focus more. <laughs> I've got I've got friends who sort of say that. I swear, Your Honor. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just, I'm a nervous driver. I need to calm down. But the whole thing is like you know when you're on stage, you think like you're like oh I just got to get through it. I got to get okay focus. And so you sort of. Maybe that whole thing is, it's like, okay, I really don't want to pee myself. I really don't want to pee myself. Yeah. I'm a Republican in Congress. Should I vote for the and let everyone work? Or should I hold up Parliament? Oh, screw it. Let's hold up Parliament. Maybe it doesn't work in that. Yeah, maybe. So you're trying to tell me that the Republicans are currently um, like enforcing that lockdown in the United States because all of them are far too efficient at going to the toilet. <laughs> I just think they need more toilets in the White House. No, where is it? It's not the White House. It's, it's the Congress. Congress. The Congress. Or the Senate is the thing that's actually doing the lockdown, isn't it? it? If this theory works, we should be getting the people like squatting over Jim Norton's chest to make the uh, like decisions for the world because they're always like, you know, golden showering in. You're not, you're not a Jim Norton fan? <laughs> no, Jim, no. Comedian Jim Norton's known for his golden shower fetishes. Oh, really? We'll just cut that one out. Is that something that we can be sued for, or is actually no, no? It's not, it's a known thing. Oh, that's He's yeah. But I mean, it. I'm just thinking if this thing was whole, you know, wouldn't the next season of you know Who Wants to Be a Millionaire just have Eddie standing next to the guy at the trough? <laughs> okay, for the million dollar question. <laughs> You know, because obviously you'd film front on, like the trough. So, you know, you just see them from the chest up, but it would be implied. It's like, well, for the million dollar question, you know, what is the capital of Botswana? And it's like, oh, oh, oh," and they start, oh, Abu Dhabi. No, if you'd have held out a little longer, (laughs) you'd be a millionaire. I think we've got a TV show here, boys. (laughs) I think if if your QI standard stands up, I think we've got something. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be be interesting to watch, seeing people do that little, uh, do little wee dances while they're trying to come up with answers to questions. (laughs) There is like, like I, I don't know about you. Like you, we've all, we all work in offices at some stage of our lives, but I like I start, when I first my first job ever was in a call center, which um yeah and I didn't really like. So I trained myself. Like you used to have to in the call center, you had to be logged in. You the only time you could leave your phone was if you had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. So what I did was I trained myself to drink a liter of water an hour. So that would mean I'd get three bathroom breaks. Which, <laughs> and super I, healthy. Oh, yeah. It was, seriously, it was, these kidneys are glistening. But like, I reckon I could, like, in an average day, I'd drink six litres of water like a hundred times. Like, I got to the stage, like, in my reviews, they're like, you do, why do you go to the toilet? Oh, I just drink a lot of water because I get dry mouth on the phone. And they're like, you sure you're not diabetic? And I go, well, you never know. But the whole thing, but it was, it's, it's seriously, if you've got a job. Because if you're you need, diabetic, you should be putting that into the call logs, like. They want to track everything in their course. <laughs> oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. I could have got a diabetes break. You know? Yeah, that's right. I need a cookie. Yeah, Someone exactly. get me a cookie. Exactly right. But that's, yeah, the whole thing. Like, I'm surprised that strategy worked, to be honest, because you've heard the story. Everyone's heard the stories in the, you know, about, you know, some poor 
woman working in a call center. She's pregnant. She needs an extra bathroom break because she's pregnant. And they're like, no, no, sorry, you got to work. I think it was, I, I got lucky. I was at the stage where I worked, oh, screw it, I'll tell, it's the company. It was Westpac, but they merged with BT and in all the chaos, they hadn't worked out the fine print. So I I got, I used to sit next to the guy who used to monitor the calls. So I knew when they were taping my calls and when they weren't. <laughs> so, so I could just be like, you know, nine t- calls out of ten, I could say whatever I want. I'd hang up, I'd tra- I'd swear. And then that one call, it'd be, welcome to Westpac. This is Mark speaking. How may I help you? Certainly, sir. Yeah. And then- I, I, used to, um, I used to work in a call center as well. Um, and uh, there was a guy who I sat near who at one point, he came and got kind of a bit of a, a counseling session on the fact that he's... AHT, that's a little technical term, is average handling time on a phone. That's, that's right, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. When you call a call center, they, they want to get you off the phone fast just to get their little bonuses and stuff. But anyway, his AHT was twice as much as what it should have been. Um, he came up with an ingenious strategy after that. Every second call he got, he just hung up on him straight away. <laughs> I believe in the BT call center, that's called a doing a mark. <laughs> I sat down like there was the last month of that job, I'd just given up. And to be honest, I don't know why. I didn't have the courage. To, there was no, That's why. If When they merged, because they needed Westpac people, they said, like, if you stay, you get a three grand bonus. And like I was counting down. It was January 15th. And I thought, if I make it to then, I get my three grand. And that last month, like, just, I'd hit January 15th. I'm like, yes, I've got it. And I just, it went into my bank. I thought, I'm clear. So from that point on, <laughs> I didn't care. Like, I had an, I knew that I got three grand. That'll last me. But I didn't have the courage. Like, I just didn't want to quit. Like, I was, for some reason, I didn't want to quit. I wanted to get, subconsciously wanted to get fired. Yeah. So that last month, they put me, I used to do handle investment insurance. It's and, better for benefits, by the way, if you get fired, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you, you go straight to Centrelink. That sounds like someone who's is, is that experience in that, Ryan? Uh, it's just something I was aware of. Like, the only time <laughs> I ever, the only time I ever walked into Centrelink um, was like, I don't know, about six months after I left, uh, left high school and hadn't found anything yet and was just sort of, um, was just thinking, oh, well, I might as well get on benefits while I'm looking, but had any, every intention of looking the the wait times. and the, It was like it was one of the worst experiences of my life, to be honest, to, to be in there. And I just uh, I ended up finding a job like two weeks later and they, they were following me up about the allowance saying, you know, you haven't been in for your... Blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, well, that's because I, I found a job. And they were like, oh. <laughs> no one finds jobs here. Yeah, yeah that's right. Well, I found, like, I found myself in a similar... I've never been on Centrelink, but there was one time when I was working temp and it just dried up and... I literally had, I couldn't pay my rent. And I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I, so I thought, oh, well, I've got to go to Centrelink. And I literally was in line at Redfern Centrelink. Like, thankfully, there was like 50 people in front of me. And I was like, and I was feeling it. Like, I felt like, and there's no shame. If you're out there on Centrelink, you know, the go, it's, it's your right. You deserve it. But I got to that point, I just didn't want it. And then as I'm there, my phone rang. And they're like, oh, you want some temp work starting today? And I sort of said to the agent, is there any chance I can get the money to, like because it was all Tuesday can I get it paid in tomorrow in advance she's like yes Mark so yeah. I didn't have to go but it was just like yeah yeah yeah. Nice. now bear in mind most of the audience is comedians for this podcast so we don't want to insult Centrelink users well, I just said there's no shame <laughs> there's no shame but the, oh, actually, this is an issue I've got and I feel like a like Kickstarter I if you want to kickstart your comedy festival show, I'm not giving you money. I'm sorry. I'll donate to charity. If you want to do something for charity, I'll give you money. If, you, if you're struggling to pay your rent, I'll give you some cash. But I don't like this kickstarter thing. of Like Zach Braff, 
wants to fund his new movie and I he know. wants a million dollars. He was on the podcast, one of the podcasts, defending it. It's, just, it's, un, it's indefensible. Like, the guy's there are, a multi-millionaire. Yeah, there are people starving and you want to make your little indie film. Come on. I mean, I just, I don't think that's what the spirit of it. Like, I don't, I don't, yeah, Kickstarter for me, I don't, um, like, I, I feel like people, because I've had a lot of people lately, oh, I'm doing, fund my show, fund my show, and I just, mm. I just think, there are poor people. Kickstarter should be for funding, like, mad inventions that they can't get off the ground. It shouldn't be for someone's d- douchey indie film. Well, yeah. It's, it's a, they're weird. I reckon Kickstarter is weird and possible and all these things, just on the basis that it's sort of, it's, it's a completely different, like, way of funding something. Generally speaking, if you raise capital for something, then... Like like it's a venture capitalist or something. Yeah, yeah. They they will then have a percentage ownership and take some profits. So they're taking a risk, but the the reward is blah 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 blah. Mm. This other stuff, it is just donations. It is just like uh, you know, oh, it's always been my dream to you know go on an African safari and take photos and make a photo book or something. It's like that's great. Enjoy your fucking holiday. I'm no no. You know, I'm it's not, always I'm been my dream it. for you to go fuck yourself. So. Yeah, that's right. yeah, it's exactly. always been my dream to do this podcast and earn a living from it. So we'll be starting a Kickstarter <laughs> if anyone wants to kick in. <laughs> like I saw, I saw this guy. This guy I'm aware of, and I'll leave it at that. I won't go into names or anything. Is he had he started up like a Kickstarter campaign to effectively, and then I read through it, and it was like. It was to um, to help him with this business that he wanted to run. Um, by the way, the business has already been going for five years and is profitable. He's just like milking some extra coin on the side through Kickstarter. That, yeah, that's it's, that's it's, not, it's disgraceful. I, but I mean, like that's the thing. Like, because it's funny. I read I read the terms and conditions on Kickstarter. And it's like you can't use it to pay your bills. And I was like, if you if you came up to me, Ryan, and said, Mark, I need fifty dollars for the registration fee for the I don't know the Randwick Comedy Festival. Yeah. I'm going to say get a job and do it. But if you went up and said... If you went up and said... It's nice to know I can rely well, on you, no, no, But then if you came up to me and said, mate, our electricity is going to cut, get be cut off. I need 50 bucks. Well, I'd give like, it to you as long as I have it. Now, that's a big if if I have it. Yeah. I'd give it to you in a heartbeat. Yeah. Like I'd be like, here you go, buddy. Just when you can pay it back when you can. Here's two candles. Yeah, yeah. It's like... Candles are expensive, dude. Two candles in a magazine. Well, that happened us recently. A couple of months ago. It was a couple of months ago now. Me and my former Splatman Smokey were here, and the lights went... The electricity went out. And we're just like, what do we do? Like, you know, because we're on our phones. We're like, we can't do anything. I've only got enough iPhone power for another half hour. And we had... We couldn't... We didn't have candles in the house. We didn't have anything. And I'm like, what do we do? So we went down. Like, I'm like, thankfully, it was only... I went to the local shop, and I bought some candles. I paid a fortune for them. But it's just like, like, is anyone, are you prepared? Like if a blackout goes at your house tomorrow, what would you do? Um, I would panic, firstly. Um, if my phone ran out, I would kill myself. <laughs> well, I you can't tweet in the dark. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Twitter would go, Twitter's IPO would go down. No, <laughs> you should, they're floating that. You should just get, you know, you, guys, should, a bonus, you should just get a bonus, you know, issue of uh, Twitter shares. That's I, right. I've cut down on tweet numbers since my intervention. So it was yeah. good. Yeah, you have actually. You haven't been on for a while. But you, you Ryan, you've got you've got a you've got a child. Are you prepared for the blackout? Oh yeah, we've got candles and and that sort of thing. It's um, let, let's face it, you're in a city. You're not exactly roughing it, are you? But the thing that happens uh, I, that I think is kind of interesting when um, when you have a blackout is the darkness. You just like f- five minutes after it starts, you're just like, oh, I think I might. 
hit the hay. It's like six thirty, but I'm going to bed. It's like it just kicks in, doesn't it? Without the light, you just mm. you just immediately get tired. So you're like a parrot, like when you cover a parrot, with a <laughs> the lights go. Everyone's like, oh, I'll go to sleep. Like, right. In the era of smartphones, there's nothing more harrowing than being alone with your own thoughts. Well, that's like me and my mate Smokey, and we're good mates. We've I've we've... just stepped on a piece of glass on Mark's floor. It's like such awesome. Awesome conditions we're working in. Oh, yeah, I smashed here. a photo frame in oh, here the good. other day. I yeah. haven't vacuumed Well, yet. now you've got some blood on your car. It's like the too. Blues Brothers where they throw glass bottles at you as you perform. If it's <laughs> a, if it's a, sorry, man. We, look, due to budget cutbacks, we couldn't get a cleaner this week. <laughs> yeah, so. that's right. no Actually, let's get a Kickstarter so we can get a cleaner in to, <laughs> to clean out JQ. <laughs> you need a Dyson. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the price of those things? I know. You need a Kickstarter for one of those. Yeah. <laughs> Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, but how, how good is the design on the Dyson? Oh, the Dyson's brilliant. And Dyson, if you're listening, I will flog your products unmercifully. But I've got a house stairs so I need a Dyson that can handle stairs so I can't be too heavy yeah yeah Dyson is like the apple of the vacuum cleaner world this is like slim designs and like amazing cool oh, looking machines they? well they don't last that long either <laughs> the new oh, model yeah, comes no, out and they shit yeah. themselves no, every time you want to you know, download a song it's like in their own in their own environment sort of thing and there's some guy at the pub just going oh Electrolux is so much better <laughs> <laughs> the, Gal- the Galaxy 3 man yeah, that's right yeah. but the um, they also do those those awesome hand dryers now as well they are good the Dyson hand dryer yeah. they yeah they're really hygienic what? Modern I, wind tunnel-ish. Well, they actually dry your hands, which the other ones yeah, don't. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. I was in a I was in a pub the other night um, in Sydney, and like having a few drinks, I went into the went into the bathroom. You know, I was I was washing my hands, and this other guy had had just finished washing his hands before me, and he starts um he starts waving his hands under the hair dryer, mm. the hair dryer, <laughs> the hand dryer. Starts waving his hands under the hand dryer. He's like getting more agitated. He's waving it, and like the sensor's not going off. And he goes, he looks at me and just goes, oh. It's not working. He walks out the door. I finish washing my hands. I push the button to start the hand. <laughs> hey, you said that. I was at the Star Casino the other week. I know a place Lester doesn't frequent anymore. But um, we were in the... Sorry, that was a callback to the live episode with Peter Mazel. If you want to get that joke, listen to that back episode. <laughs> uh, but no, I was doing it like... You know how we've got automated taps now? Yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan of those. No, well, yeah. I, I like I'd lathered my hands up and I was just and I was waving my hand. I go, oh, it doesn't work. Go to the second one. Oh, it doesn't work. Go to the third tap. Doesn't work. And then I see this little kid push the tap and it started working. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and I come out like I'd so I go, oh, and I come out and like my girlfriend and I go, oh, sorry, sorry. I was I just couldn't figure out how to use the taps and she just looked at me. And she goes, yeah, me neither. It was <laughs> both of us fell for this trap because yeah. we just we used to this world where the taps were automatic. I've got a theory on that. Like, like the more douchey the bar, the harder the bathroom is to work. Like <laughs> you go into one of these ones in the city, it's like a cascading waterfall over marble, and like you don't you know where the water comes from. It's got some foot pedal yeah. operation. It's yeah. like you know. Do you think it's because the more higher the status of the bar, the more likelihood people only go to the bathroom to do coke. Yes, I do actually. So I'm just thinking, you know, the taps the taps aren't designed for factual use. It's just so you can get a nice rail on it to, you know, just snort a line or The two. bathroom for me in a pub is for doing huge shits. I mean, that's what I'm there for. But these trendy guys. <laughs> you, you what? You, go to, you like to go to, you like to frequent pubs to do shits. Hey, that's great. I remember the first time, like, and it's a bar in Martin Place, I won't name it, but I remember like it was... One of the very first Martin Place Bar. No, it wasn't that one. It was close. But I was it was the first time I walk into like we're having after work drinks and I, I just walk into the bathroom and they're doing lines in the toilet and I just I stop and look and they're like, Oh mate, you want some? And I'm oh, no, no, I'm right and, But it was not for the fact like it's not the drugs, it was just like I'm not snorting that shit off a fucking toilet seat. Oh man, that's the thing. Talk about bathroom design. I they have all these things that are automatic and you know, you wave sensors and all this sort of stuff. I'd really just like I'd like an automatic door. 
on a toilet. I don't want to touch that damn handle. <laughs> you know that those. You know that half the guys that are like trailing out after they've been to the trough have not washed their hands. I've just washed my hands, and then I just have to like grip this diseased. <laughs> I can. I can. I'm gonna. You know, I think I'm gonna make your Monday. Yeah. QVB. Bottom story toilets. They're like Maxwell Smart. They just open automatically. You go straight in. It's like... Nice. Yeah, so there you go. Oh, well, I'm going to have to explain why my bathroom breaks are taking so long at work, but uh, <laughs> but, but I'm there. You're you worth know. it, buddy. You're yeah, worth yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> if, if anyone's got any d- designs for uh, automatic bathroom doors, Kickstarter's being launched. Yeah, 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 yeah well, we'll, start, well, the QVB's got... Like, it's one of our oldest buildings, but they've got the most modern bathrooms. So there you go. If you want to track down Ryan in the public toilets, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I hear he hangs out at the... Yeah, you'll see me with a starry look in my eyes as the door opens in front of me. <laughs> it's, it's like a little epiphany just before my little epiphany. Forget about it. Like, so we were talking before about riders. Like obviously, and they look after, they give us water. If you, like in a couple of years when this podcast massive and you know we're selling out the Enmore Theatre, the Opera House, what would you want on your rider? Have you thought of it? I can't say that I have. I mean, obviously the water, but well, yeah, uh, obviously. I don't know. Probably just a few beers, so that you know didn't have to worry about it. Just they were just there, ready to go. Uh, you know, a mini bar. Actually, a mini bar is what I want. That's the height of luxury. Just mini little, uh, mini little chocolates and mini little grog bottles that you can just consume with impunity without that little back that, that little impunity that, 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 that little backwards thing in your head that just goes. It's costing me a fortune. I hate mini bars for that. What about you, Lester? What would you want on your rider? I'm just trying to think. I mean, I'm so I'm so down to earth, salt of the earth. You know, pure, pure soul. I, I, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be a diva. You're not getting reading. a prostitute to choke backstage <laughs> on your rider, Lester. <laughs> what about Peter Mizell's obituary? Can you, can, you have, can you have that? <laughs> I'm sure, sure, sure. At some state, he's going to die first, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you've seen his act lately, it's. It's just a matter of time. We're slag off comics now. Shout out to Peter Mizell. Oh, yeah. Peter hey, Mizell's friend. Love of the show. you, Pete. Friend yeah. of the show. Peter he doesn't Mizell. know how to download these that's things. The, that's the bonus. Yeah. yeah. How, what? What's an iPod? I mean, podcast. <laughs> well, I got a story about a writer. I mean, um, my mate works for one of the music channels in Australia. Um, Red Foo. You know that that dude with the yeah hair? LMFAO. Apparently, there's some. Is this performing at some party for the for the channel? And um, he had his writer. Um, a 12-pack of extra-large condoms, like a, you know, a <laughs> bottle of vodka, lube or something else. And, like, all he did was sit in his, like, had a little trailer for him, like a little caravan. Mm. And the girls, like, literally lined up, like, that worked at the company and just went into his trailer and then come out. And he just kept recharging. Hey, and... he's practicing safe sex? Good on Red Foo. He doesn't want little Red Foos running around. <laughs> I don't know if it's Red Foo or the other one. There's two of them, isn't there? I think it's Red Foo because the other one, like, the Red Foo's on X Factor? Well, so he's in Australia at the moment. Oh, so no, that may... He seems like he's got a pretty good life, as I want to say. Well, that's not a bad request. It's yeah, like... A writer, yeah, of 12 extra-large condoms. I heard a story once, actually, about this um, Japanese condom company that um, was going out of business. Uh, couldn't, they couldn't move their product. And so they didn't. all they did when they were like going out of business was uh, reprinted the labels for their condoms and just changed them to, to extra-large, and uh, they all sold out. <laughs> Makes sense. I mean... You want to pull that out of your wallet? Hey. Extra large condom. I mean, it's more sort of the shame, you know, you're going in there. It's like, oh, you got any, got anything in small? <laughs> yeah, that's right. small. <laughs> yeah, the only problem is what if it falls off? <laughs> rubber, ba- rubber bands are in aisle two. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. I mean, Red, so Red Foo knew what he wanted. He's a man of... Pla- of I mean, like, of- these famous writers, you know, with the, with the Skittles and, the, you, know, you know, has to have... Yeah, but I mean, it's the Van Halen. So, and I heard this, it's, it's a common story where Van Halen, you know, they're famous... Having brown M&Ms, brown M&Ms the one, yeah. but the reason they have that is because 
they perform on stage with pyrotechnics. And so their, their manuals, safety manuals, quite thick. And what they do, they put the brown M&Ms request right in the middle of the safety shit. So if they get in and there's no brown M&Ms, they won't perform because they don't have they don't, don't feel safe outside. So there's a bit of David Lee Roth had a bit of bit of bit of forethought there, but yeah. So he's, he's making cool. sure they're he's making sure they're checking the contract with well, his yeah, brown yeah. M&Ms. So aren't. it's like if you miss the M&Ms, the odds are you've probably missed you know don't point the explosives in my face. in my face yeah and you know so because the pr- promoters they could cut corners. I don't know. Explosive in the face, such a prima donna, David. <laughs> yeah. just... David Lee Roth for all money looks like a goose, right? But he was on. He was on um... <laughs> but it was the eighties. That was a fashion of the day. Yeah, he, like, right. he, he looks crazy, the coke, all the rest of it. But he was on Jay Moore's podcast, and he was really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super oh, smart, high but energy. I mean, that's, that's the same with like everyone. Like I'd imagine, you know, sure there are some dicks out there, but I'm sure like you know, Redfoo's probably a great guy. I don't know, LMFAO or your management. If you're out there, we'd love to have you on the podcast. We'll. We'll give you. We'll give you the twelve. Well, Mark, you're in for a surprise. You've got red behind this dog. Red food, get in here. Oh, mate, I only got some medium. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. See, for me, I've always thought like, you know, what would I have on my rider? Because I like, I've been, I've been backstage with some pretty famous acts, and I've seen like the really cool one was Joe Rogan. We we went backstage at the Enmore, and he had he was pretty down to earth. He had like a really healthy platter of stuff. He had some chocolates, some Coke. Like, none of that got touched. So it was great for me and my mates. We went <laughs> some, in. Some like, Coke. No, 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 no. Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. No, Coca-Cola. Nothing illegal was backstage. Seriously, dude, you want to get me? No, seriously, it was... But Joe's a pretty healthy guy, so he... I just thought it really needed clarification, to be honest. I'm just helping you out, buddy. Fair point, fair point. <laughs> Did he have an isolation tank in the alien from Area 51 there, or...? No, this is funny. He had... <laughs> Joe Joe Rogan will interview for anyone, and he had this little ner- this little nerd guy backstage. Was um, he knocked on Joe's like, oh, I just got to do this interview, and the guy had his little recorder there, and the- yeah, he sort of walked in, and this little guy he was nervous, and he goes, and he wanted to talk to Joe about the moon landing and his thoughts because this kid's like they faked the moon landing, they faked the moon landing. <laughs> so Joe's given this this opinion, and <laughs> comedian and friend of the show Eddie Ift was there, and Eddie just. We're all watching, and it was really funny to watch a really nervous, nerdy kid interview a really charismatic comic. And halfway through, Eddie Yiff just walked over to the kid and just pushed him and said, You don't believe in the moon landing? My dad is Neil Armstrong. I'm Eddie Armstrong. He went to them, and this kid just, and everyone just pissed himself. Everyone got the joke except for this kid who was just terrified. I'm, I'm, surpri- I'm not surprised that a moon landing skeptic didn't get the joke. Yeah. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah, because it's like. I don't get where did, who started that like the the whole faking the moon landing because if you're uh, thinking if they faked the moon landing wouldn't they have followed it up five years later oh we landed on Mars like yeah I you know I don't care who started it these people are just morons these well are, I'm just thinking like, we need let's see if we can get a, a conspiracy theory out into the into the ether <laughs> I mean if they're that easy to start I mean that one's been kicking around for a while well, why don't we try and start Le- Lester Diamond's a funny Comedian, come on, be reasonable. Be reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> let's get something. There's got to be that element of truthfulness to it, Lester. Well, what about? All right, let, let's take something like the, pyra- the pyramids. We can't fathom how they were built. Slaves. Yeah. Well, obviously, yes. Yeah, ropes and ropes and pulleys, son. Ropes and pulleys. Ropes that's, and all, pulleys. that's all it was. Yeah. So, because yeah. there's that whole thing. Oh, aliens must have done it, and that. <laughs> I, 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 I wish to duck on the, on, on the pyramids in inverted commas. Um, they they put them on on. Uh, Logs and rolled them on logs, apparently. Yeah. The blocks. Yeah, but that initial lift. And, like, then, and, then, and as, as Ryan says, ropes and pulleys, that explains the whole thing. 
give me a, give me a long enough lever and I shall move the world. They See, say. I was going to float the theory it's actually styrofoam just painted. <laughs> it's like a veneer of sandstone. Uh, I think you think of North Korea. <laughs> North Korea, yeah. No, no, they were actually just constructed 10 years ago and, uh, you know, with cranes and stuff, but they, they, they just dressed up to be old. Well, maybe we should have a tourism industry. It was yeah. Lego's prototype. Yeah, Lego's, right, yeah. Lego's like, oh, we need to build something big. Why don't they just ask the guy that built the one in Vegas, the, 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 uh, the Luxor Casino? I mean, he's got the exact model. You can, you can tell us how it was done. That's true. Yeah, he would have had a crane access to, <laughs> to something along. So you guys, what, what, all right, well, okay, maybe not the pyramids. We, what, what's, what about Ayers Rock? Ayers I think, Rock. oh, sorry, Uluru. Jeez, what, see, that's the thing. I feel bad. Like, every time I think of that, I always, in my head, Ayers Rock. So I grew up in the 80s, Ayers Rock, Ayers Rock, Ayers Rock, Ayers Rock, Ayers Rock. And now, like, it's Uluru. That's its name. But I find it hard to get, get rid of that. Me too. Yeah. But I mean... But you're racist, so that's... Racist. Racist. <laughs> racist with a special government. I'm racist and issue on Connery. <laughs> yes, Lester. But the, um, I mean, it's the least we can fucking do for him, isn't it? You know, take the country and the whole thing and, you know... Let him name the stuff. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, yeah, because you got, you know, Packers New Casinos located in Barangaru. You're adding in a lot of extra consonants, did you notice? That's what, that was a cancino. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Packer's got his cancino. That's, I think that's, that's an extra good one because you can it's my, win. It's, it's my subconscious yeah. saying that if Packer wants to sue me in case I say, I was like, well, I wasn't talking about... His I was casino. talking about the cancino and I'll invent a cancino. Yeah. It was, I call it the... It, yeah, it was, clearly, it was clearly a creative uh, exercise because I was making words up as I went along. That's it's right. like, you know, I wouldn't call James Packer an ash hole. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly wouldn't imply anything by that, you know. And I'm not saying it's c- c- cor- corruptible. That <laughs> oh, the, what, the gambling industry? No. No, no I know. No, I know, no. you know, it's like it was a l- perfectly legal tender process. Absolutely. I mean, I put in a bid to build the new Barangaro <laughs> Casino. It was... Barangaroo. 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 <laughs> Barangaro. It could be whatever it was. Yeah, I'm sure it we can. should have put in a tender for that. Like, it's like, you know, like, they were, okay, casinos print money. I mean, all you had to do was build a pretty building there, which, you know, I'm sure... I think it went through the same uh, bidding process as the World Cup in Qatar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. Oh, come on. What, why is everyone against I wonder that? How, I wonder how many extra large I'm, condoms went into I'm, that. I want to <laughs> 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 oh, see soccer played in 51 degree heat. I oh, think it's... Man. I mean, surely it could, the game couldn't get any slower. I just can't believe we even, like, people are saying, we only get one vote, we should get our money back. We should have to pay more money for being so stupid to even bid in the first place. There's no way it was coming to Australia. Well, the time zone thing, I mean, the biggest markets in the world don't want to be watching soccer at 3am in the morning. Like, they're not going to, or football, sorry, the beautiful game. And they don't want to travel 6,000 kilometres to another city to watch like, their team play, you know, from yeah. Brisbane to Melbourne or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's the whole thing. Yeah, it's not... Uh, let's just let's 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 look. Let the Socceroos have a chat, have a crack. I mean, surely the rest of the world has got to be pretty pissed off that we call our national team the Socceroos, <laughs> not the Footballeroos. You know, so we're against it from the get go. Forty-three million dollars. That was. Is that how much we? Sp- that how much did we spend for the Security disgrace. Council seat, which know. we won. I don't know, but it was. But we actually won that. Yeah, exactly. I mean. That money could be could have been spent on Kickstarters. It could have been spent anywhere. I know we could have got a Dyson for that. We could have got <laughs> the world's largest Dysons built it Mate, next to all entry, the entry level all model. Room. Entry level model. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Entry, yeah. Of course, but I mean, imagine that. Now there, there's that'd be a tourist attraction. Imagine you know because it's very dusty outside. <laughs> the world's the biggest room. Dyson. No, they, yeah. they've got one of those in Queensland already. I'm sure it's like on the coast. Yeah, <laughs> Football Australia could have sponsored every podcast in the world for ten years with that money. Like, what a waste. 
For $43 million, they could have got like Lionel Messi to come and visit for like two days. <laughs> he could have done an appearance at the Star City Casino. I'm sure, you know, that $43 million buys a lot of extra large condoms. $43 million could have got Chris, Cristiano Ronaldo to spit in some kid's face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cristiano, do you know, one time when could he was like... Teeth uh, fixed. When, when uh, Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo was trying to move from uh, Man U to Real, I don't know if you guys remember this, but uh, the, the contract negotiations were stalling. He compared himself to a slave. <laughs> he said, this is how the slaves were treated, is what he said. Yeah, the, the slaves were treated to, uh, you know, multi-million dollar contracts and Ferraris that you just write off for the fun of it. I've seen Django Unchained and I don't see them like all fucking supermodels. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. I was in the director's car. I missed that, <laughs> missed that whole bit. Yeah. No, but I mean, you can't, the whole thing with sport, like, is I can understand, like, obviously he's taking it a little bit. But I mean, you know, if you're playing in... You know, Spain, you're happy, you're earning your million, you're kicking your ball around, you got your supermodels, and someone says, oh, you got to go and play in in London. In Adelaide. Yeah, oh yeah, in Adelaide. Oh, that's too cruel. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty, you know, imagine, oh, the Adelaide Strikers have bought you, you're going to be in the city churches, that's got to be a bit of a, yeah. you've got no say in that. Yeah, okay, so I still, I still can't... I- Believe that you're actually defending Cristiano Ronaldo with this slave claim. But let's just, let's just put this in perspective. We all kind of, if you've got a job, have some kind of a contract. And, and you are free to walk away from that at any yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you can't... Your office can't say to you, Ryan, you rock up Monday, oh, Ryan, um, we've traded you to Adelaide. You're going to be in Adelaide next week. Well, no, I mean, something similar... If you want to work in this industry, no, you, like, if you don't... Something similar actually does happen quite regularly in corporate life. They'll, they'll like move head office or something and they'll say, well, if you want to keep your job, you have to move to, you know, wherever we're going. That happens all the time. Yeah, but and, you, and, you know, you either go or you don't. You walk away. Well, it's like rugby league excuses, like um, you're on half a million dollars a year and, and, and you want to break the contract because you're homesick. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> See, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, yeah. The, the imagine, imagine going to Macquarie Bank saying, look, I, I know you pay me half a million a year, guys, but my girlfriend's homesick, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah or, you know, you just... You, you just I'm homesick for France. I want to go. For, I'm homesick for rugby union. The whole, but that's. I mean, you say that in rugby league in an AFL. Um, they with the draft, kids end up. They don't know what state they're going to end up in. So it's like you get a kid who's 18. Like Greater Western Sydney's got all these 18 year olds. Most of them are from Melbourne. So you take them away from home, and so there is legitimate concern with that. How many 18 year olds do they have? It sounds like Mizell's Facebook. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't listened to an episode, Peter Mazzelli was on the first one. He's been on a couple of the live ones. Go go check it out. And that way, Lester, and follow him on Facebook because Lester's comment will just be so much funnier after yeah. with that one explained. Maybe, 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 uh, and, and maybe the fact that we're ragging on Mazzelli a lot in the show might even be explained as well. As well. <laughs> yeah. You know, we go from to the great man. The great man. I'm sure we should get him a Kickstarter. <laughs> a kickstarter to write Hard some starter. new jokes or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm dying to do a podcast with Pete like a, a, a non-live one we've done it he's been on a few he's been on he's probably I think he's been on at least four or five out of what this is probably be about episode 58 he's been in 10 10% of the Comedy on the Edge podcasts have featured Peter Mozell. maybe that's why we're not growing that's why our ratings have stagnated if Bruce Griffiths dies he's my favourite com- comedian in Sydney Peter Mozell. Oh, just, okay. just, just to keep it cheery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've just alienated all other potential guests, you know. I don't think Sammy Valentine's like, what about me, Tommy Dean? Oh, come on. No, Sydney, we're blessed, actually, at the moment. We've got some amazing comics in this city. Like, the name you just mentioned, Bruce Griffiths. 
um, hilarious act. Peter Mizell, great act. Um, Tommy D and Subby. That's one thing, we, the benefits we get of comic. And if you are thinking of, if you're out there and you're thinking, oh, I'd like to give it a try, give it a try, don't. <laughs> no, but, no, but if you do, yeah, go we, out and We check don't need it. the competition. Check don't out some comedy nights. Like, if you're in Sydney-based, check out, there's some amazing comedy nights. There's Monday it, Night's Comedy Lounge. Tuesday night, we do at the library, com- oh, the Chippendale Hotel, Comedy on Edge. Wednesday, the Roxbury, Comedy on the Rocks. Thursday, Mike in Hand. And of course, Thursday to Saturday, the Comedy Store. Fr- Saturday night's Happy Endings. Check it out. That's what I want to ask you. Is the Parramatta Life Garage still open? Yes. So it's just I think they're one. weekly now. And I think they've also got a new room in Balmain. So yeah, check out the yeah, Life Garage as well. Yeah, I saw that on, well. on uh, Darren's Facebook. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, Darren Sanders runs that. So check it out. So it's coming back. That's good to hear. Oh, well, it never went away. It was just, they just downed those. They traded off for Parramatta. Yeah, they, right. got, they got relocated. Yeah, right. They got a bit of an allowance there. Or well, maybe they were homesick. Well, maybe, maybe there were. I mean, well, Parramatta is a growing area. Yeah. But the, um, well, that's good news. Sydney comedy Sydney, Sydney's, Sydney's thriving, ladies and gentlemen. So if you are Sydney-based, check it out. And if you're thinking of a holiday, you want to come see some comedy clubs, fly up. Visit, actually, if anyone wants to come and listen, for I'm sure for less than a 12-pack twelve pack of condoms and a bottle of vodka, <laughs> you can sit in Edge HQ while we record this. Heck, we might even let you talk. But the... Um we should start a feud with Melbourne, like a like a two pack Biggie style thing, some no. sort of disc tape. No, no. no. Melbourne's I don't know, the whole Melbourne Sydney thing. They're both cities, both really. Well, Sydney's a really expensive city to live in. No, because I, I got to admit, I'm if prices in Sydney at the moment, I could easily relocate to a more affordable city because this city's just unfeasible. I think I actually think state based parochialism is one of the stupidest things that we engage in. in this it is, like it is rough where you're from. Really. East Coast, West Coast, and he's a Mexican. He's from below the border. It's like whatever. <laughs> dude. I don't get like state of origin football. I'm from Tasmania. I couldn't give a crap about Queensland versus New South Wales. It just doesn't do it for me. Well, that's a special case, Queensland, because they are like a bit. Yeah, but I mean, but then, then again, <laughs> I, know, I want to hear this. They're a bit what? Well, they're, they're, yeah. they're a bit hard to deal with, you know. Yeah, you get that, but I mean, like that's like every family's got that one uncle that's a bit slow, and that's what <laughs> you don't speak about him. You, but you know, you're like, oh, I just that's Uncle Jimmy. He likes to watch the trains. And you know, and that's Queensland. We understand that. We live with them. You know, we it's like, oh, they elected Clive Palmer. Good on them. And you know, oh, you know, or my state too, you know, we we elected someone from Clive Palmer. Good on us. You know, so we just do that. Yeah. What's funny about your state, Tasmania, is uh it's all logging and greenies. It's like it's it's like it's extremists. It's yeah, it's a huge. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just... It's, a, it's a microcosm of the environmental political spectrum. That's for sure. They it's get... just got lumberjacks and fucking hippies, pretty much. And yeah, it's the whole. But I think the greenies have won because the forestry's in a bit of a bit of a dodgy state at the moment. The whole state is lumberjacks, hippies, and Ricky Ponting with his greyhounds. That's he lives in Melbourne now. Oh, he's... <laughs> Pundit, Pundit, well, Pundit lived up here, then he's moved to Melbourne, but he's, he'll always be out. To... <laughs> It's funny when he started out because we Booney was Tazzy's legend, and then yeah, Ponning came on the scene. We didn't. They took. It wasn't until he sort of got Australian captain that we started respecting him. Really? Well, we. It's a gun batsman when he comes. I remember. But, no, but, but, but let's be honest. In comparison to Booney, who holds the record yeah. for uh, you know number of beers. You're forgetting Ricky know, Ponning yeah. was once punched out by a transvestite. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, that, at the at the at yeah, the, yeah, at the, the Bourbon and Beef yeah, State. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. legend's grown. That was a you bouncer know, punched him out. I remember <laughs> when that happened. We were down at transvestite bouncer. I was in. Tasmania and Ricky Ponting was lining up to get into this bar and we weren't they weren't showing him respect because Ricky Ponting and this is this is his nickname and it's quite unfortunate they used to call him Mong 
That was what, so, you know, everyone's like, hey, Ricky, Mong, hey, like abusing the guy. It's so, very PC down there. Yeah, yeah, it's Tasmania. That's why we're, you know, Queensland's really backward. We're, we're sort of, we're not Uncle Jimmy staring at the trains, but, you know. Does, does Tasmania have uh, daylight savings, just while we're on the subject? Yes. Mongy states. Like, so, so Queensland. We and- do it, we actually do it longer. Like, I think it's daylight, is daylight savings tonight? I think it is, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, daylight savings. Tazzies do it longer. Is it saving yeah. or savings? Savings. Day, daylight savings. Because it's it's you don't just save once. You know, every day you say it. I don't know. It, it, the interest compounds. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't a grammar podcast. <laughs> Anyone who's seen the write up knows that grammar's not our forte. No, no, no. Tazzies. What Tazzy does? Yeah, I think it's funny. We used to be really backward. Like when I went to high school. Um, like being gay was illegal in Tassie to like 1997, like the active site. But then, then we became more progressive, whereas like gay, I think they're trying to get through, you know, um, gay marriage in Tassie. It's yeah, right. become quite, yeah, quite fashionable. So we've gone from being, you know. That's a, yeah, can they even do that in a state-based thing? It's like a federal, yeah, it's a federal no, law, isn't it? So that's, same with euthanasia. You can do it. Yeah, right. But I mean, euthanasia, the Northern Territory legalized euthanasia to federal overrode it. Yeah, because I think ter- the federal or Leicester's probably more qualified. But if a territory can't, a territory can't actually um, has to have things signed off by federal, where state doesn't. Uh-huh. So yeah, I was looking up uh, Dr. Kavorkian the other day on the Wikipedia, actually, just out of interest, and um, he said, "Quote: Dying is not a crime." <laughs> that was his famous quote, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know. There's something, some. I don't. Him and who's who's this, the Australian one? Nietzsche, Philip Nietzsche or Nietzsche or whatever. Yeah. I don't know, there's something easily. I did you watch the Four Corners thing about? Um, I think I think I think we'll save euthanasia. For, <laughs> <laughs> I think we're let's, we're treading into libelous territories. Let's, let's, let's end the show on a high, shall <laughs> we? So we'll, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, euthanasia for yeah. more information. Just just Google. <laughs> let's end it permanently. <laughs> yeah, go to Wikipedia, get your information. <laughs> Put this podcast to sleep. <laughs> if there are any li- um, civil you know, lawyers out there who want to defend us in our defamation case, contact us at on Twitter at Comedy on Edge. Uh, check out the, fa- the website comedyonedge.com. Ryan's on Twitter at Ryan the Crawford. Lester's on Twitter at Lester Diamond Twenty Eight, and I'm on Twitter M underscore W underscore O H. Check us out, guys. Thanks for listening in, and if you like the podcast, tell your friends. We'd love more listeners, and I think that just about does it. So, Ryan, hit the music. <laughs>